Hello, welcome to the Opening Bell Podcast. I'm Boxing News Editor Tris Dixon, joined, as more often than not, by Matt Christie. Matt, how's it going? Yeah, it's going well. It's going good. Busy, 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 busy. What are you busy doing? So I'm just a bit of, trying to get a bit of coverage, a bit of interest built up in this fight that's happening at the weekend. Well, you know, I'm looking at the fights that are up this weekend and, and looking, I think we should make it... Uh, um, a Povetkin Manuel Char special. <laughs> what do you yeah, reckon? Uh, uh, okay, let's let's yeah? do that with a real in-depth analysis on the heavyweight scene since Burt Cooper. Yeah, I'll be up for was that. Was in his prime. I'll be up for that. Because I mean, I've, I don't think people are really sort of tuning in to listen to any sort of I don't know. Was it Frock and Groves? Frock and Groves. <laughs> yeah, something it's, like that. <laughs> I don't know. It's gone. Truth be told, though, it's gone insane, isn't it, boxing this week? Uh, with the super fight on Saturday between Carl Frotch and George Groves. Um, ironically, given the hype, uh, the hyperbole about the whole spectacular event, these guys aren't even number one in the division, which is obviously Andre Ward. I uh, don't want to try to sell the event short because it's, uh, it's the fight we all wanted. A cracking grudge fight uh been hostilities between the pair for the last five or six months uh and we're getting answers hopefully we'll get some answers to the questions that we've got matt if you could get one question answered on saturday night what would you like answered by the end of it um what are the lottery numbers for the following saturday it's, it's not quite what i had in mind with that <coughs> question actually um Okay, okay. Okay, from from a Frotch and Groves yeah. perspective, what what answers do you want? Who is the better fighter? I think it just needs to be I think all anybody can hope for, whether it's an enthralling fight or not, is that there's no question marks at the end. Yeah, I think I think I make you dead on with that. Um what's the what's the likelihood of that happening? You would hope it's it's pretty good. I mean, more often than not in boxing, although controversial finishes, controversial decisions, etc., are, you know, they're not rare, but what is more common is the right man wins. So, you know, logic, statistics should be in favour of, of us getting a, a definitive winner. What do you think the atmosphere is going to be like there at Wembley? I mean, we've been out to the stadium today for the final press conference what do you think it would be like there on the night? I personally think it's going to be pretty, pretty special. Um, I mean, the only thing that I can kind of compare it to would be um, the uh, Derek Chisora, um, David Hay fight that was Upton Park, a very, very wet Upton Park, but that was a football stadium. Um, probably half the size of, of, of Wembley. But the atmosphere there, even in you know the adverse conditions, was absolutely rocking. It really was. And I think that you can probably times that by 10 for Frotch Groves. Certainly, certainly before the first bell goes. If the fight somehow kind of fizzles out, then perhaps the, the atmosphere may drop. But I really expect that when the fighters are making their ring walks and during the introductions, the atmosphere to be like nothing, nothing else you've experienced before. It's hard to imagine what a wall of noise, 80,000, or Eddie Hearn actually told me a couple of days ago, 
the final attendance looks like coming in about being about 77,500. Right. Um, incredible. It's amazing to think what kind of noise they'll be able to produce when you think of how deafening, I don't like to harp on about it, but sometimes it is in Las Vegas <laughs> when there's 20,000 fans in the yeah, arena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah, I agree and, with that. you know, the walls are shuddering. Uh, it's going to be incredible to hear 80,000 people, you know, rise off their seats to cheer the two gladiators in. And obviously yeah. Michael Buffer's doing the grand introductions. I mean, it doesn't get any bigger or better than that. No, it doesn't. And I think as we were t kind of talking about as we were on the way to the press conferences, is that last time going in, Froch was very much the crowd favourite. Of course, we know how that turned on its head by the end of the fight. But I think this time you can make a real case to, to I mean, who is going to be the crowd favourite? Okay, it's in Grove's backyard, but perhaps, perhaps the impression I'm getting slightly is that he hasn't endeared himself to that many people with his with his confidence this time round. Um, and I think we really could have a split, a 50-50 crowd, just like we are with the predictions for the outcome. Do you know what? I think the crowd on the night, I think they'll cheer and boo you know, the punches as they go, but I reckon the fighters, it's kind of a trendy thing to boo people, isn't it? I can see them yeah. both getting booed a lot on the way to the ring. So the boos are almost louder than the cheers. But obviously you get that, whatever the noise, whether it's boos or cheers, there's always that sort of expectant feel simmering that you can almost hear, you can almost touch and taste it when you're, when you're, that, when you're, the, when you're at that point where you're waiting for a fighter to make his ring walk. Yeah, 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 exactly. Do you know what, interesting, well not interestingly, it's, rubbish really but I spoke to Carl um, Froch earlier and uh, for his ring walk he said that he's going old school with the music and I asked him if that meant welcome to the jungle again something that he used a lot and he said it, it, it looks like it's going to be a queen number any predictions do you think we are the champions we are the champions is a predictable one isn't it but it, it, it might just fit the tone in the fact that you know he keeps saying you know, at the end of the day, I won that fight. I won it fair and square. I'm still the champion. He's getting the champion's purse, no doubt. Um, um, cheer the two. That kind of would be a statement of... Carl generally likes to whip up enough. the crowd, doesn't he? And likes, likes to get yeah, something yeah. that's and really that, sort of fiery. And, and, and to be, yeah, I mean, I just mentioned that I really can't stand Queen. However, in a massive stadium like that, booming out. That is just gonna. That's the, that. That will increase the atmosphere somewhat. Remember, he had no easy way out for Lucien Boutet as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that that and that really, really helped the atmosphere, didn't it? Mm, definitely. It was. Um, I was going to say it was off the chain, but I think Saturday actually could be off the chain. Yeah. If we're comparing things, um, so some interesting things out of the press conference today, but nothing that really jumped out, was there? It was the normal sort of sound bites. The guys came head to head. Firstly, at the press conference and then down, down, down the stairs at pitch side. Yeah. Did you take anything at all out from what was said and what happened? Um, not really. Uh, nothing that, that, that we kind of didn't know before. Um, I mean, sometimes these, these, you know, the last press conferences do spill over, but more often than not, they do tend to be like we've seen today. Um, and, you know, I think that although there was never any kind of indication that that they f that they felt the other person was going to beat them there did seem to be a little bit more respect on show than there has been um in previous press conferences when the two have been together um both seemed to listen to the other um frotch as is typically frotch at this point um was you know he, he 
bristling a little bit with, you know, whether, whether it be nerves or whatever, you will always get a sense with Frotchin that he is trying he to... He did admit to being very apprehensive about the fight. I mean, yeah. but in a good way, because he's a guy who thrives on yeah. nervous energy. Yeah, and I, but, I, but I do believe it's a contrast... The Carl Froch that we're seeing at the moment, at the moment, is a is is a real contrast to the Carl Froch we saw at this point of the first fight. Um, whether that's a good thing for Froch or not, time will tell. But I suspect that his head is in is in a better place than it was before. You know, you talked about fifty fifties and uh, um, the the people being split on this. The majority of people that I've seen today who have come off the fence have gone with Froch. Do you think that's just because he's he's been better, he's almost had his head screwed on a lot more this time, do you think it's because of that? And when there was nothing said today, dramatic at the press conference, do you think Groves has given it his best shot psychologically and it's just not worked? I'm not sure whether, no, I'm not, well, you know, whether he's given it his best shot or not, how much he, he kind of tried to unsettle Froch with the mind games, I'm not sure. Um, I think <clears throat> I just I, I, I genuinely believe that, that that Groves is at this point in time whether he's attempting to brainwash Froch whether he's somehow brainwashed himself um, which by when he recounts what happened at the end of the last fight you sometimes wonder if that's the case um, but make no doubt about it I, I think Groves is 100% sure he's going to win this fight uh, you know, we spoke about the crowd a little bit earlier. Um, Groves has talked about possibly getting booed and that he's sort of prepared for it. I wonder if either fighter, you know, like when they go to bed tonight and assuming that they're on their own, wherever they are, if they're in a hotel room or whatever, I wonder if what they think when they close their eyes and think about what it's going to be like on Saturday and if anything that they can think or dream about will come close to the reality of Saturday night I don't think it will I don't think it will I remember I can't I think it was before the Butte fight or it could have been before the Kessler rematch I spoke to Froch and he was talking about how he does you know in in the days leading up to the fight he does lay awake and wonder how it's all gonna how it's all gonna pan out um but I think this is one of those things that, you know, nobody, unless they'd experienced it before, this kind of, this level, um, you know, of attention, they, 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 they can't predict what it's going to be like. Out of the two of them, though, you would say, and kind of going back again to what you, you, you asked in, in the previous question, is that out of the two of them, Froch will, is clearly the more experienced, and he has perhaps experienced things like this far more so than Groves. And when people are coming down to making predictions, if you're going on facts rather than speculation, you have to go with Froch. Yeah, it's interesting. Like I said, more and more people seem to have come down on the Froch side this week. And I'm not sure if it's just the certain people that I've been speaking to or if it's a more overwhelming feeling. Certainly on like social media, the feeling on, on Twitter and Facebook that I've seen is that there is a definite split. Um, but then again, people are changing and going back and forth and coming up mm. with different things. And I'm sure it's going to be one of those fights as well where there'll be a lot of people very wise after the event. But ultimately, for me, this is a somewhat, you know, it's like Chelsea against Manchester City. It's a pure sporting contest. You don't know who's going to win. You could make strong cases for either. And that's why 
one of the many reasons why 80,000 people near on are going to be there because you don't know what's going to happen. Um, right. And another thing that you've got to factor in, sorry, I'll let you cut in in a sec, is that the first fight was obviously a, an absolute belter. People want to see a, um, a great fight, so the, they don't know what's going to happen, but they hope that they're going to have a fantastic fight um, to watch, like the first one. Is there any way it provides the same thrills and spills as the first one, given what happened in the first round, the drama, how much it arguably cost Carl until about the rounds three, four, or five, maybe when, he, when his head cleared a little bit? Is there any way that it gets off to that same sort of dynamic start or do you think Carl will be a lot more cautious this time? The only way he can get off to that dynamic start I believe is if it, if, if it starts and finishes in the first few minutes. I mean, yeah, I, mean to, 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 I remember when, when Froch Groves 1 was announced and all really in the, before the whole build up there was kind of this feeling that it was a routine defence in a way for Froch. It would have some interest domestically but Groves was probably a little bit out of his league. It was a bit too soon. Then, of course, the interest really, really, really snowballed because of the way that, that, that Groves was kind of bossing, to an extent, the pre-fight exchanges. And then the interest went absolutely off the Richter scale in that first round because I remember, I remember thinking there's, there's, there's no... Adam, um, yeah, Adam Booth was interviewed on Sky just before the fight or maybe an hour or so before the fight and he just one of his last words was don't be surprised if if Groves knocks him out in the first couple of rounds and I was doing the online blog at the time and I put something saying yeah I'll, I'd be absolutely I wouldn't be surprised I'd be absolutely astonished if that happened then all of a sudden the fight starts Groves lands that that right hand for a split second it looks like Froch is gone so the excitement is absolutely off the scale and it didn't really come back down at all until long after the fight had finished so for this fight to kind of get it kick off like that I, I, well I, I don't think it can I don't yeah. I just don't think it can unless one of them walks out and finishes it do you see and I mean I'm not not asking necessarily for a prediction as to who's going to win at the minute do you see it being a distance fight or do you not see it going and going to the scorecards? It's, I mean, that's almost as hard to, to, to pick as, as who's going to have their hand raised. Yeah. yeah, I do, I do. You can make strong cases for both. Um, so you think if it goes 12 rounds, you don't have any issue with George not having the stamina, not going 12 hard rounds in a, in a, in a good, tough fight? You think he's, he's well capable of that? Um, he hasn't... I mean, the, the, there's the... De Gale fight and the Glenn Johnson fight, which you can kind of bring forward as evidence. In the De Gale fight, he did look exhausted, particularly if you watch it again. Um, he looked, he did look exhausted. Um, but I mean, I, I don't think it's as much an issue as certain Froch supporters are saying. Um, but again, we we just don't know. And this this is kind of what I base my early predictions on was the fact that Froch has been through some tough fights and proven his stamina time and time again, Groves simply has not. So to say that Groves will be able to do 12 rounds easily, we're speculating rather than drawing from factuals. a fact file. Yeah, sure, okay. Um, what kind of fight do you see then? Obviously we talked about the possibility, possibility of it not getting off to such an explosive start this time, which if you read the preview, what uh, the, the you know where I've spoken to Carl, I think he says something, something along, along the lines of, "It would be a bad night for me if it started off the same way as the last time." <laughs> and I thought, "Yes, Carl, it will be a bad night." Yeah. Um, 
Do you see it being an action fight? It wouldn't surprise me if it was not. Um, you think Ben Eubank, they sort of cancelled each other out more in the second fight? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I enjoyed the second. I enjoyed the Ben Eubank rematch. It wasn't as exciting as the first one because it was so closely matched all the way through. It was tense. And I think that can make certain fights seem better while you're watching them than they actually actually were on reflection uh, because they're tense. You don't know what the outcome's going to be. Um, but with with this one, I mean, George Groves has shown throughout his career what a natural, smooth, um, quality boxer he is. Um, you know, you can, you can make a case for him coming out and winning this one clearly on points. But Frotch has done it himself as well. People forget that the clinic he put on against Arthur Abraham and people like that when he really, he really... He pointing that out today, yeah. Just to box to orders. Um, Frotch has done it himself at world level as well. So, yeah, it's not, it's not going to be... It's, 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 don't, don't write off one of them running away with it on the cards. Hmm. Interesting, very interesting. Um, the undercard features James DeGale... Um, against Brandon Gonzalez. Um, DeGale, is he going to be ready to fight the winner? Um, you'd like to see him fight someone else, kind of, you know, top top 10, top 5, before he went in with a winner. But given the nature of his contest with, with Groves, and if Grove, Groves wins, for example, or this is another tight affair, you wouldn't put it past... You know, you wouldn't put it past um, DeGale's skills to get in there and give the champion a fight, if not dethrone whoever the new champion is. And, you know, I understand why people think that perhaps DeGale needs more seasoning, but ultimately he's been in and around the professional ranks now for five, coming up six years. Let's let him loose if he wins this one convincingly. Where are we, just from what you're doing online, where are we online with how much from uh, Frotch Grove's content we've got? Sorry? How much Frotch Grove content have we got online? Um, if you go to the uh, homepage and you, there's a, something that's called uh, Hot Topics on the right-hand side. If you click on Frotch Groves there, um, it will bring up every article that we've got on the subject and there is pages and pages and pages and pages and pages. <laughs> and those pages each include multiple 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 articles so what 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 are, the, what are the things standing out for you as the most uh interesting stories on the site at the moment related to frotch groves um i don't know i mean the thing and the you know with with, with these fights to me if if they go back and i'm going to kind of put them so that they they, they they appear on the home page um probably tomorrow or certainly before the fight what is very, very interesting to me to look, to, to look at is to go back in time a little bit. We all know what the fighters are going to say at this point. We know that. Um, it happens with every single boxing match. They've all got their battle cries, and generally they're all very similar. But if you go back in time, go back in time and read about what Frotch's opinion was of that first fight when it was still fresh in his mind, when it was just two days old. Go back and read about what George Grove was saying when this rematch was first announced. It differs slightly. It can give you different clues. Where those clues take you is completely up to you. Yeah, okay. Um, do you think... Or how long do you think it would take for another event of the magnitude of Grove to Frotch to come around in this country? 
Um, it could come around fairly quickly if we've got another scintillating encounter that demands a third helping. Um, otherwise, I think it's going to be a while. I think, I think Fury Chisora 2 has struggled as a result of, of Frotch Groves 2. Um, although there's still time for that one to kind of, kind of flourish a bit more before it, it takes place in July. But no, these kind of fights don't come along very often. That's not a, uh, you know, a poor reflection on boxing. But even you know, back in the heyday of what people kind of class as the heyday or people of our lifetime class as the heyday of the, the Eubank, Ben and what have you era, there, was, there really was only Eubank and Ben that captured the imagination like this. Eubank Watson, um, Eubank Collins did not compare to Eubank Ben. So I think it's safe to say that this, this Frotch Grows rivalry is kind of one of those once a decade kind of affairs. Do you think this is a bigger fight to the general public than Hey Klitschko? Yeah, yeah, it is. I, th I think I think so. It's um, there's a real fifty-fifty factor with this one that wasn't there with Hey Klitschko. There's a real fifty-fifty factor in, in 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 you know what kind of what kind of guy are you are you a fr frotch type of guy or are you a groves type of guy which one do you really want to win and it's all split down the middle that wasn't really the case if if people are honest with with hay and klitschko um and there's you could not kind of guarantee the that that fight would be an absolute cracker whereas you've almost got a guarantee here whatever happens that okay it may not be a cracker but like i was saying earlier the interest is likely to be there until that final bell or whenever the fight concludes. Now, I mentioned that I, I spoke briefly with Cole today. I did speak to him a couple of weeks ago for the feature in the magazine this week. Um, he was um, prickly at best, yeah. colourful too, uh, kind of his normal self really. It takes a while for him to get going on the yeah. phone and when he gets going, he um, unleashes hell. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's it's one of the things that I've enjoyed writing most this year, uh, the feature with Frotch, uh, for many different reasons, really. Um, I suppose one of the facts is, you know, it just it takes it takes in the journey of the conversation that we had, so it mentions the prickly bits, bits that you don't normally see, I suppose. But Frotch um, has had a very myopic out outlook on this fight and um, very focused on Groves, and one thing that. I hope it comes across in the features that he might have been talking some smack here and there, but he never never once sounded dis distracted, never once sounded like he was going through the motions. It was almost as if, and I'll use a well-coined phrase here, it was almost as if he was saying everything for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it was, it, you know, it was like that. It was a very frank uh, and um, solid exchange, I think, with Frotch. And then, Donald McRae has interviewed George Groves uh, for this magazine. He's got a very, very interesting feature with George Groves, who, of course, has signed um, a promotional agreement with the Sourlands. Then we also have interviews with Rob McCracken and Paddy Fitzpatrick. Battle of the Trainers, who would your money be on? Not in, the, not in a fight. Um, who, who's, who's got the, the ace up their sleeve? You'd have to. You, you've, you've got to say McCracken, haven't you? You've, you've, you've got to. Um... Fitzpatrick, very much an unknown quantity. George Grove seems to be at ease with him. There seems to be mutual respect there. Um, but, you know, we might be able to answer that question um, a bit more if, if Groves had made it to the end of the ninth round, if he'd got through his crisis. Because really, even, even in that eighth round, 
it still looked like Groves was in control. Um, certainly, he seemed to be tiring. But basically, you know, Fitzpatrick wasn't called upon like McCracken was. McCracken earned his money round after round after round, as he has done, as he did against Jermaine Taylor um, and, and things like that. And they have got that. And, and Groves kind of... You know, he's, he's dwelled upon the fact that he's got McCracken, that Frotch has got McCracken in his corner. But there's a reason that he's got McCracken in his corner. And if it's working for Frotch, um, then, you know, there's absolutely no need to criticise that because there's a lot of trust there. He knows what the, the, that McCracken will say the right things to get him out of a spot of bother or to snap his, you know, snap his concentration to where he should be. Um, when push comes to shove, Groves doesn't know that Fitzpatrick is the man to do that. This time next week, will, will we be upbeat or downcast? Well, I'll be upbeat, actually. I'll be in New York for <laughs> Martinez. <laughs> but, no, after this fight, in the aftermath of this fight, will we be upbeat or downcast? Um, I mean, if you, you know, you're asking me to make that prediction now, I would say that it's going to be somewhere in between. When fights are hyped to this level, it's always, and this isn't me sitting on the fence, this is me being realistic. When fights are hyped to this level, Invariably, they fall just short, but I don't foresee a contest where where anybody's going to feel particularly shortchanged. No, okay, interesting stuff. Okay, we'll leave it at that. You'll be back with one of the guys next week. I will be. Oh, um, actually, so, be so Froch, Fro Froch Groves, Wembley ringside one week. Martinez Cotto, Madison Square Garden ringside the next. Bit of Hall of Fame action. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that, that actually. Sandwich. I'm glad you mentioned that actually, yeah, because obviously on Wednesday I'm flying out to New York uh, where I will be uh, making what's got to be about my 10th pilgrimage, I think, to the International Boxing Hall of Fame. It's kind of a very sort of almost sacred place for me because it's kind of where my boxing journey away from the ring started in 2000. And um, it's been a lot of highs and a lot of lows in boxing since. Um, several of us several boxing news editors have actually been inducted and, and in fact john murray the founder of boxing news is, is currently on the ballot so he he would be i think the fourth boxing news editor to go in possibly the third um so yeah looking forward to going out there obviously um Kawasaki, de la hoya and trinidad all going to be inducted uh barry hearn as well will be over there and i'm planning on taking in the um the iron mike promotion show on the friday night at the turning stone casino and then flying down to New York City on the Saturday uh, to watch the Cotto Martinez show. Flying back up to Syracuse on the Sunday um, to see the Hall of Fame inductions and the speeches. And then flying back on Monday. So in two weeks' time, I'll be back on the podcast. Uh, the, I'm sure I'll still be full of the joys of oh, Frotch Groves. I'm not going to be able to get a word in edgeways then, am I? Just enjoy it. <laughs> enjoy the ride. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, so there'll be plenty of updates on the site about the Hall of Fame. And in fact, I will just say something in closing. Um, in 2000, the first person I met, the first famous person I met at the Boxing Hall of Fame was Matthew Saad Mohammed. Uh, we became very good friends over several years. Uh, I spent a bit of time training with him in Atlantic City, a bit of time living in his friend's house with Matthew. Uh, and... Um, we were good friends and it was absolutely shocking, terrible news to hear of his passing on Sunday. Um, in my eyes, a top 10, if not top 12, uh, light heavyweight of all time. Uh, certainly my favorite fighter of all time. 
uh, a real warrior and I was absolutely devastated by his loss um, I just hope that on Saturday night um, Carl Froch and George Groves will deliver a fight that would um, go go along alongside any of Saad Mohammed's miraculous wars in history and, uh, and hope that we'll have something fitting for what was one of the great champions okay thanks for listening guys until next week Enjoy Frotch Groves.